Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and I am delighted to be once again joined by my military colleague, uh, the FPL uh, General, uh, for episode three of General's Orders. And apologies to viewers and uh, listeners for the somewhat protracted nature of the first couple of episodes. I ended up being out of action, Gabrielle style almost, uh, last week, so Joe had to step in. Uh, so unforeseen circumstances uh, resulting in slight substitutions and change of personnel seems to have been the theme of uh, game week one so far so with that in mind it definitely feels like fbl is back wouldn't you say mark <laughs> yeah good to see you david good to be back for another video um yeah lots of auto subs already even within the content creation space with videos so thanks to joe for stepping in we had a good chat last week as well he actually probably persuaded me actually to go down the route of joe pedro so i, I need to thank him for that uh, he, he planted the seed and then joe pedro made an appearance in my game at one team so yeah good good to have a game week's worth of information great to have premier league back on the tv it was uh just felt good it was a long long break during the summer uh and again i'm, I'm already buzzing for game week too yeah, I have to say, I think this is the most ready I've felt for a Premier League season in, I think, years, which feels really refreshing because we've, we've come through uh, all sorts of things in the last number of years that have just made us be like, oh, I just can't be bothered this year. Or, or maybe you have that feeling lasts for longer to the point that you're not ready for game week one. We've had COVID messing things about, you know, quite often we have a summer tournament, which is great fun, but then it just, of course, means you don't get that time to relax. And whilst, of course, there were some huge issues that people had with the placing of the World Cup in the winter, actually having a free summer i think did everyone a world of good yeah absolutely i definitely felt very refreshed going into this season you know like you said uh, the last few seasons were just chaotic with postponements and everything else and the world cup in the middle was a very strange one as well especially if you're a content creator and especially if you had a bad first half of last season <laughs> that six week break was felt like six months so uh yeah good to have a normal looking schedule i know we're, we've already got a blank in game two but thankfully it's a couple of teams that we don't have much interest in so yeah 
yeah, we've got lucky with that one, especially with them being teams that we're not that fancying uh, just at, at the moment. And uh, we should just clarify before we go any further in terms of just fixtures and when they're happening and stuff like that. Uh, we are actually recording this before the Man United game on Monday night. So fingers crossed nothing too drastic happens there that would you know, massively impact some of the things we're going to say here. Uh, largely, we're just hoping for some players not to get injured, really, because if we get a big injury to Rashford or something like that, then we, uh, we might be in a situation where a lot of what we might say here might not be as applicable as before. So we're going to try and skirt around United if we can um, that's kind of like what we're going to be uh, aiming for um, but yeah as you say Mark it's great to, to have some games what, were there any we're going to go into your specific orders uh, as the show goes on but was there any particular games this weekend that were of a highlight uh, for yourself I really enjoyed watching um, the Tottenham game in particular Tottenham-Brentford I think there was there was a lot of takeaways FPL wise for me you know I, I don't have any players from either side so it was a, it was very much a scouting mission um, and I already feel bad for not having Madison in my in my team quite eager to get there. Uh, you know, we've got Richarlison out of position. Udegi at left back at Tottenham's exciting. And I thought Rico Henry was one of the best players on the pitch. And, and even Flecken, uh, I think, did okay as well. So lots of options there. And that's the one uh, of all the games of the weekend. I enjoyed that one the most. Yeah, I have to say this new Spurs side, I think is going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, at both ends of the pitch, I think, just because of the way they yeah. play. So it's it's going to be good fun for, for for this season. We're going to have a look at how you've got on in game week one so far and myself as well in just a second. But before we do that, just a quick reminder to everybody uh, that actually uh, the pre-season prices for membership have actually been extended. So you can still save up to 30% if you haven't already sorted out your scout membership. We'll plug in this a lot on Friday. And if there's anyone who was thinking, oh, it's too late, you know, I've left it too late to sign up. You couldn't be further from the truth. There's so much information that you can glean by using this membership to make your decisions for game week two, three, four, five, six, and beyond. Uh, if you uh, haven't had a chance to check out the FPL winners stream that I did with Johnny uh, last night, we plucked out a few little bits and bobs that you uh, can enjoy in terms of match coverage from the Saturday and Sunday games. Uh, you know, helps you understand who's created the most chances, who's had the most opportunities to score, all sorts of stuff like that. You will be getting this information uh, concurrently as the season progresses. So um, it's not too late at all. Uh, um, you can make some decisions for game week two using your membership and you can still save up to 30% with those preseason prices. So don't forget that. And before we go any further, uh, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel and hit that bell notification as well. Well, with all of that uh, housekeeping out of the way, let's give the people what they really want. And that is uh, how Mark's got on in game week one so far. And we did say we weren't going to talk about United. <laughs> But you have actually done quite well, despite the fact that they've got three United players we haven't um, haven't started yet. So do you want to just list off, for the benefit of the podcast listeners, your, your points and scores and players so far, and then talk about some of the things that you're happy with, not so happy with, etc. Yeah, so overall, feels good to have a pretty decent start. I'm sitting on 67 points. I'll just run through the team for the audio listeners. Johnson's in goal. Gabriel Shaw is stood down at the back. Midfielder Martinelli, Saka, Rashford and Bruno. And then up front, Joe Pedro, Haaland and Watkins. So ended up in a 3-4-3 formation with Chilwell first sub uh, with Nakamba, Bayer and then Turner's my sub goalkeeper. So there was a lot of deadline drama on Friday. I managed to get the John Stones news. I switched him out for Luke Shaw about half an hour before the deadline. I seen the Gabriel rumours about two or three minutes before the deadline and the kind of manager I am, I don't like panicking last minute, making last minute rash decisions. I thought to myself, he might just miss one game, even if it's, you know, if it's true, that is. And then I, I thought to myself as well, I have Chilwell as first sub. So hopefully if Gabriel does miss out, he doesn't get any minutes and I'll get Chilwell. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like Chilwell's going to get on unless Manchester United guys don't show up Monday night. But yeah, overall, everybody delivered apart from that Gabriel went for Johnson and goal. 
just rate him quite highly as a goalkeeper. I was actually in the in the scout members area during preseason, and that it highlighted the Crystal Palace stat of being the fourth best team for expected goals conceded last season. So that was a big factor in me going for Johnston over Pickford, for example. Estupin in what a monster. Seven points. Could have been even more. You know, players are hitting the post off his chances created. He's in the box taking shots. So happy that I've got him. Martinelli and Saka, kind of standard. They do the business. Those two will probably stay there for a while. Haaland, captain. Again, standard. Watkins, good to see the assist. And, and Joe Pedro was quite, you know, quite nice to see him step up and take that penalty. He missed a very good chance in the game as well. So it could have been even more. So I think a 5.5 million, we could have a, could have a gem. Obviously, Gabriel's a slight concern. And I've probably got a big decision to make this week. Do I start him against Palace or do I do I play Shaw against Tottenham? Because I'm going to start Chilwell and a stupid end. So just not nice having a defensive headache already going into game week two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a stupid end, uh, especially just is an auto start, auto pick. I mean, just while we were, just because you mentioned him and I've mentioned him as well. I was going through some stats on him this morning because I've had a couple of people sort of who didn't own a Stupinan who will go nameless uh, thinking he got a bit jammy by getting all those bonus points despite not keeping a clean sheet and getting that yellow card. But if you watch the game and just saw how heavily involved he was, it was nuts. I mean, he, he just, it's like he doesn't think he's a left back. He was like a left winger. He was pushing into some incredible positions. At times he looked like a number 10. At times he looked like a number 11 or a seven, you know, um, really getting to the dead ball line, cutting things back. And and uh, in terms of what impact that had on his bonus, I think I think it's very much like a public service announcement. People should should know this stuff. A lot of this stuff is from the members area, of course. Um, so basically, uh, in the game, six key passes for Stupinan, which is the, was the joint highest in the game uh, and the second most in the game week so far. Uh, which would have obviously massively impacted that. Two shots on target, which is more BPS plus. He was also in the top three for recoveries and net tackles. So he did have some defensive contributions as well. He was second for baseline BPS for pass completion, joint second for dribbles as well. So in a game like that, that's that's why he's able to achieve what he did in terms of bonus without necessarily keeping the clean sheet and the, the yellow card. And when you look at the BPS minus as well, um, what's really interesting here with João Pedro is that he was the worst for BPS points lost because uh, you sort of mentioned he stepped up for the penalty. I think so I had Pedro as well. We probably... Not lucky that he took the penalty, but you know he did miss some chances, which did did hinder his bonus points. So he lost 13 BPS in that game uh, for um, minus one for being offside, minus one for shots on tar off target, minus three for big chances missed, minus seven for being tackled. March and Matoma lost nine and seven BPS respectively for sort of similar things. And so rising above all of that is Estupinan, and the only thing he did wrong in the game, according to the BPS, is get booked. And so like that's how Estupinan is able to ride that bonus even though he's only got one attacking return and didn't keep a clean sheet. And so all of those things just make him just, I think, an auto start most weeks, really. I mean, it was Luton, but I don't know. What do you think? Because we talked about maybe moving him on at some point, but wow, what a first start to the season for him. Yeah, for me, it was uh, he was he was in almost every draft. He felt like an easy pick because of the fixtures, because of his attacking potential. And again, like many other people, I was thinking, right, three game weeks, I'll attack Brighton for that and then maybe look to move away. But I think off the back of that one performance, and I know it's only one performance, but if you, you know, give me two, give me three, if he continues to bomb up the wing, creating chances, taking shots, he's someone you're just going to start every week. You know, he, he could become the best defender in the game. Um, I know there's a lot to do to push off people like like Trent and stuff like that, but the potential is there. 
you know, you don't even need to rely that much on clean sheets with a Stutman in if he's going to be in the in the final third and in the box. And he's just such a good player and, and Brighton are such a good team. So I think those of us who are maybe thinking of Stutman in for three game weeks and then even maybe just benching him for a wee while, that's probably going to change now. And if we do run into a Gabriel issue, you know, people like me who've got four defenders, Gabriel Shaw, Stupin and Chilwell, if Gabriel does become a problem and he doesn't come back in and give me two, Maybe maybe we just don't need to bench a stupid and ever. Maybe we just start him, start him every week. So that might help us, but it can buy us a little bit of time to deal with the Gabriel issue. We don't have to, you know, sell him right away. So, yeah, very very impressive performance and a and a very happy owner here. Mm. Yeah, well, you've talked about your defensive headache, so we should stick your bus team on the screen as well in terms of where it's looking like uh, for the moment. You kind of already alluded to some of it already, but um, well, you've actually swapped in Turner as well. Um, so you know, a few tweaks to your bus team at the moment. Do you want to talk us through that as well? Yeah, so I guess my plan always was to bank a transfer in game week two. And I think that will still be the plan. I don't think the Gabriel bench in game week one will, will change that. I think it was very much a tactical decision. I think there's a decent chance he'll come back in in game week two. And, and maybe that if he does come back in, that might be him just in again, you know, first choice, regular or whatever. So I'm willing just to give it another week. And it's easier to do so when I've got four four defenders that I can actually use. The question is, do I start Gabriel against Palace or do I start Shaw against Manchester United? And uh, Sorry, Shaw against Tottenham. That's something I'll just weigh up for the rest of the week. But if, if it gets to Friday, Saturday, and I feel like there's a good chance Gabriel comes back in, I might just risk it and start him. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a tricky decision. Then the other decision is probably goalkeeper. I went for Johnston and Turner game week one. And I, I, kept, I was... Going into game week one, I said, I'll keep an open mind on the rotation. I don't usually rotate goalkeepers. I don't usually rotate 4.5s, but when you've got one that's 4 million, he's on your bench, you know, plays for a decent side. If they've got a good home fixture, I'm going to be open to starting them if my other goalkeeper has a difficult fixture. So Johnson's got Arsenal this week and Turner's got Sheffield United. So when you play it just quite simply on fixtures, I think I probably am going to play Turner. Um, you say thanks to Johnson for the six points game week one. Hope that Zach and Martinelli go big for me in game week two, stick Johnson on the bench and then hope Forrest can keep a clean sheet against Sheffield United because I don't think Sheffield United offer too much attacking-wise. You know, they scored from the penalty spot. They've got some decent attackers in Morris and stuff like that. But yeah, I think I want to play Turner and then it's basically a decision Shaw or Gabriel closer to the weekend. Hmm. Yeah, so actually that's a very similar position I find myself in with regards to Forest defence and, and Palace as well. Um, I very much felt that Palace were part of a rotation rather than a defence I wanted to start every week uh, just because of the fixtures that they do have. Um, so I'll just switch to my team now, actually. Um, Crystal Palace defence was very much uh, the, the, the sort of story of my game week because Anderson was my first substitute and uh, that Gabriel one-pointer locked me out of nine points for him. Um, if Rashford hasn't played on Monday night, I'll get them. <laughs> but I can't really see that happening so yeah that was uh, mildly frustrating I was never really even that convinced on Arsenal defence uh, as many people will know uh, I didn't own Gabriel until I think it was either Thursday evening or Friday morning and it was largely just a sort of like well everybody else is and I've got an opening so let's go for it um, and then Stones I, I got I managed to get the Stones information and I went for Chilwell um, and then yeah the Gabriel thing I was actually on a stream so I missed so you got it I think did you say about 1827 I got it at 1829 on a stream so I'm already kind of busy anyway and in the time it took me to be like Brilliant. oh oh no oh okay oh I clicked on like transfers and site crashed at 1829 so I lost the opportunity um 
yeah, and Sonaldo was uh, was arguably more upset than me. <laughs> he, was, he just sat there in his chair like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> what a start to the season. <laughs> it, oh, it was incredible. We'd had a really fun stream, and then all of a sudden it was just, it kind of ended on this dour note of like, oh, well, you know. So it, it's frustrating. Uh, it's, and then, of course, the nine-pointer sort of rubs salt in the wood to some extent. But apart from that, actually had a pretty good start. So Flecken with two points, Gabriel with one, Estupanan and Chilwell both with seven. Then uh, Rashford, Saka with 10, and Burmo with seven, Diaby with seven, Salah with five, Haaland with 26, obviously captain, Pedro with seven. So it put me on 79 points uh, with one player to go. Uh, it's obviously early days, but my OR, according to uh, livefpl.net, is 121,000, which I'm pretty happy with. But if Man United have gone nuclear, uh, then it means I'm probably at like 2 million because like the the gaps between all the ranks are. Yeah, it's about, I'm about 16, 18 points ahead of 2 million, which... You know, I you know, United could get that in terms of the players I don't have. So, but you know, OR doesn't really matter at this point. But it's just nice to start well, to be honest. Which is why I'm not too upset about um, Gabriel, to be honest. I mean, it's it's another eight points to take me up to I think 87. But at that point, I just feel like I'm getting greedy. Uh, so I, I, I'm not going to be too upset. Um, you know, and then in terms of what it means for next week, um, yeah, I've done the same thing in my bus team. I put uh, Turner in for Flecken, um, and uh, I've actually well, we'll cover that one first because I was just having a look. Sheffield United had an XG of 0.51 in the first game week, which was the second worst. Um, Burnley, the only team below them, but they of course played Man, uh, Man City, so you're never normally going to get too much against them. Obviously, Palace are a good attack, but you know the numbers so far are correlating with this idea that you know they haven't scored yet and uh, we don't expect them to to be troubling too many defenses just yet so Forest at home seems like a good way to go because i got flecking away at fulham and i think fulham potentially might be able to get something in their first home game mitrovic might be back with a, a point to make but the uh yeah, on i'm just thinking yeah. sorry to interrupt you there. No, i'm just thinking fine. i keep in my mind i keep mixing up uh chefs united and luton especially <laughs> when it comes to attackers i think i mixed them up there in a, a wee while ago but that again just shows you how much research i put into those teams this preseason because we didn't need to so uh yeah but again the same thing applies when, when turner's playing chef united you know i you're backing me up there in terms of the xg i was thinking of of, of luton scoring from, from the penalty spot but of course chef united didn't score so again that just reinforces that i think turner's a good pick this week yeah he definitely is and uh, but, but the big one for me actually is i am ben i think i am going to bench gabrielle I was never that sold on the Arsenal defence anyway. And I've been talking up the Palace and Villa rotation. And I was like, look, I'm invested now. I've clearly thought this for a reason. So I've actually swapped in cash for Gabriel, which might be a bad idea because they conceded five goals against Newcastle. But I do sort of wonder if that was a bit of a storm in a teacup in the sense that um, they played quite a high, a high line against a team that is very good at punishing high lines. And I think Emery will either not be so high against Everton or he will keep the level of, of height of that back four but it won't be as much of an issue because it's Everton um, and whilst Mings is a, is a loss for that defence I don't I think he it was a loss in the sense that it happened in the game I think if they'd have lost Mings three days before and they had prepared knowing that maybe Torres and Conso were going to be the two centre-backs with Dina and Cash if they've been able to prepare for that I don't actually think they would have been quite so sort of hamstrung in the game um, I, I also don't even necessarily think Mings is their best centre-back I actually think that's Conza and Torres coming in to a high line against Everton is better on the ball than Mings so actually it might work out I don't know I mean what do you think Cash in for Gabriel Palace have a good attack I mean this is the other thing we should just talk about that I think Palace at Selhurst Park are going to score against Arsenal is, is my view I don't know what do you think about that little 50-50 yeah. there the more I think about it as well I think the kind of manager I'm going to guess the Friday 
if I'm going to have any doubts whatsoever over Gabriel and, and the, you know, the threat of another one-pointer, you know, Shaw will just play for me, I think. Even if it's Tottenham, even if I don't expect a clean sheet, you just play Shaw because, you know, you're going to get the minutes. Um, you know, assuming he came through Monday night. Uh, your scenario, I think, abs- you know, if you if you lose 5-1, you know, Emery's going to spend the week working on defensive shape and all that kind of stuff. I do think, you know, Torres coming in from the start will make them a stronger defence. And Cash, we know what he can do going forward. If he, he missed a huge chance in that game. He, he really should have scored, getting himself into the box and blazing the shot over. So I think in your case as well, I would probably start Cash over Gabriel. Uh, he's got attacking threat and it's a good fixture. Home to Everton is, is a really good fixture. So yeah, that's that's where I would go there. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's just at the start of the season. I looked at the fixtures that, that Villa had and said to myself, I will probably want to start a Villa defender against Everton. And I didn't see anything against Fulham that makes me nervous from an Everton perspective of starting a defender against them because they are still very toothless in attack, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, it was it was massively high XG prevented for Leno. Um, he had like plus 3.30. So he did have a good game but Martinez is equally capable of making big saves not least in the World Cup final where he pretty much single-handedly won it for Argentina so um, not too worried uh, there I suppose my biggest decision this week is the captaincy because I've got Salah I've got Haaland it seems like a, it seems like an opportunity to captain Salah in the bus team it's on him at the moment can't see that changing too much but I just want to have a bit of a research into the any quotes that came out from Klopp and or Salah in the midst of his substitution against Chelsea because it was a bit odd they both seemed very angry with each other so that's perhaps the only thing just at the back of my mind but I mean yeah I mean do you think that it's an opportunity worth taking or do you think uh, Haaland's still the best captaincy this week which I ask purely selfishly for my own team of course but it's probably other people out there wondering it as well yeah a lot of people are in the Salah camp uh, and obviously the early substitution the nature of the the substitution you know that the anger that Salah showed and stuff like that people are maybe starting to second guess themselves now on the captaincy for game week two but if it was me if I went for the if I went down the Salah route game week one with a view to captaincy game week two the, the substitution wouldn't change it for me it's you know, simplify it. The fixture is is really good. You know, it's much better fixture than Manchester City have this week. So I think if you have Salah, this is your week to captain him, and you're just hoping Haaland doesn't do too much against Newcastle. You just want Salah to outscore him. Uh, you've still got Haaland, so you've got a bit of insurance, even if he does go big. Uh, well, most likely you do. I think only about nine point nine percent of people don't have him now, which is which is insane. But yeah, I yeah keep yeah like I say, keep an eye on for any quotes during the week from Klopp or from Salah, but probably won't be anything. Uh, and I fully expect Salah to be in that starting team against Bournemouth, and I would quite happily captain him. Yeah, if I if I was gonna you know put my mortgage on whether he did or didn't start, it would definitely go on him starting. <laughs> it's just as you say, sometimes you, you can second guess yourself. Y- your worst enemy sometimes in FPL is yourself, <laughs> like yeah, just yeah. doubting things. And there's two versions of yourself in your head going, "Oh, what about this? What about that?" So yeah, it's I think it's probably, the other thing as well is you know. For, for the Haaland captainers or, or if you have Haaland and Sally. New, Newcastle were very impressive again game week one. You know, Tonali was outstanding. You know, fantastic addition to that midfield. It's not going to be an easy game for Manchester City, especially when they're away during the week as well with uh, with this, this, you know, Super Cup or whatever it is. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think this is the week to captain Salah if you have him. Yeah, I like, I like how you refer to it as the whatever it is. I've heard a lot of people this week be like, what is the point in this game? <laughs> because they're, they're two competitions that aren't even on the same like level I was thinking to myself it would be a bit like the winner of the League Cup playing the winner of the St Johnston Paint Trophy like what is the point it's yeah. it's an odd especially, game especially you know 
between gimmick one and two is just bizarre. It's a weird time, isn't it? So, but hey, you know, lots of tournaments that have no purpose are very much the focus of uh, of FIFA these days to try and get more eyes on football. But that's for another day, an entirely other podcast. Um, we've talked about our teams long enough, and uh, people obviously usually come here uh, to get some orders from their general. So we will get started with those. Um, we'll jump into the first of those uh, right now. So order number one. Yeah, first order for this week between Gimme 1 and Gimme 2 is don't knee jerk. Um, save your transfer if you can. So a lot of people would have been planning this anyway, but maybe people who are new to the game also will think, right, straight away I should make a change to my team after Game Week 1. But it's, you know, don't overreact to one game week, whether a player did well for you or if you didn't have a player that did well. It, it's only one game week and, and Game Week 2 can be very, very different. So I always preach a patient approach. If your team is in any way decent shape, even if you have Gabriel, as long as you've got someone like a Cash, who David has, or if I've got a, a Luke Shaw, you just use those guys and you give yourself an extra week of information, two frees in game week three, and then a lot more flexibility. Now, some people are in an unlucky scenario where they have Gabriel and Tyrone Mings. Those people, I think, probably do need to make a transfer. You probably need to just get rid of Mings because he's out long term, especially if you've got like a, a four million fifth defender who you can't really rely on too much for points. So there are certain scenarios where you can make a transfer. Everything has caveats in FPL. Also, you know, if you've got a, if you think you made a mistake or you really missed a player, if you or if you if you picked a player, you think, why did I pick this guy? And if there's someone out there like an Astupanin or a Saka, or if you're one of those people who don't have Haaland, then of course I would advise, you know, it's absolutely fine to make a transfer for those managers. But in most cases this week, if your team's fine, even if you don't have Joe Pedro when you feel like you need him. You can wait till game week three. So yeah, I would say bank a transfer if your team is in any way decent shape because things can change very, very quickly in this game and we could all be looking at different targets between game week two and game week three. Yeah, that's the thing. Like So much can happen in game week two that just completely um, goes against what we thought we knew in game week one. Um, I'm trying to think. I think the best example was, do you remember Steve Mounier scoring a hat-trick for Huddersfield on the yes. opening day against Crystal Palace? And and I was one of the many people that was like, oh, I've got to get him now. And I'm pretty sure I owned him for like five game weeks and he did nothing else. Um, and so, so many things in game week one can potentially be an isolated incident. And you're just not going to know until later on. You know, the opportunity to make three changes in game week two for a minus four is something I do pretty much every year. Um, and, you know, saves me from using my wildcard as well. So, you know, that patient approach is, is going to be very helpful for people because what we get in the first two game weeks can perhaps help us invest more heavily uh, in what we do know by making three transfers rather than perhaps making one uh, this time around. Do you think you'll probably be doing the mini wildcard or would you rather just make the two and save the, save the hit? I mean, it's, it's early days, of well, course, but I just wonder how you were inclined usually. Yeah, I always like to leave the door open anyway for the mini wildcard, which is your two free transfers and, and one minus four. I, I, I'm a manager, though, who does try and avoid hits as much as possible. I always think if I... there's Obviously, there's no mad math, mathematics or science behind this, but if I do take a minus four in game week three, I'm, I'm giving away... I'm giving back to Pedro's goal that I got in game week one. So I try not to take hits at all. You know, I'll, I'll try and take maybe minus 20 over the course of the season. So yeah, ideally, either just make one transfer in game week three and roll again, or make the two frees and then, you know, last case scenario. If if there's a big bit of surgery that's needed, um, for example, if, if we get the gimme three and Trent's needed or Salah's needed, I'll always be open to the to the two frees and the minus four if need be, because like you say, it does it does let you hold on to that wild card for a little bit longer, which I think is sensible when you've only got a couple of weeks of information. Yeah, and of course we've got that blank game week as well, right near the end of the first wildcard window, which makes me feel like that's when I want to use it. 
because um, it's Man City, <laughs> you know, and Crystal Palace uh, got that blank as well. And we've started to see that they could potentially be a team that we're all invested in quite heavily by the end of the uh, the calendar year. So I think there's lots of reasons to uh, to hold on to it. Um, anyone who's wondering in terms of what they should specifically do if they've got Gabriel, uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, order number two uh, is very much related to him. So we will talk about him in a more specific way in just a second. But before we get there, uh, we're going to uh, move off to the first of our mini segments, which is, of course, Dad's Army, where every week we... We uh, hear from the dads of the fantasy world, um, which, to be fair, actually does now actually include myself and Mark. But we rather mean the dads of the people playing the game rather than people who just are specifically a parent. Um, and uh, yeah, we've we've had some some good uh, submissions this week. We've had uh, two guys uh, send in their teams uh, for their dads, and we've also got an update on my dad's team, which will make you laugh. And honestly, it looks like he did it that bad. And I promise you, that's honestly what he thought was the best way to go. Uh, but we'll start off with uh, Yellow Army's dad. Um, who got 62 points so far with Ramsdale, Alexander-Arnold, Estupinan. He's got Shaw and Rashford playing on Monday night. Eze, Matoma, Saka, Foden, Haaland and Watkins. And so with players like that, I mean, to be honest, like it, he probably would have felt like he could have done better. But actually, for a dad's team, that's pretty good, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that sounds like a dad who uh, either watches us or watches or listens to some kind of FPL content because that's a... Uh... A pretty strong team with a lot of the popular picks in game week one. So that's a that's a very solid start to the season. Yeah, I reckon he's probably a little bit disappointed because I think Eze and Foden, he probably would have expected more from perhaps Watkins as well. But if you're listening or watching this Yellow Army's dad, um, you know, just keep just keep on going. You that's definitely a team that can roll for game week two, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I never got confirmation which of the two graduates this who this dad belonged to, because there's Josh and there's Ben. Uh, they just they never told me, so maybe they've got the same dad. Scandal. Um, 52 points for whoever's dad this is. Not done quite so well here. Steele, uh, Timber, Estupinan, uh, Trossard, Salah, Eze, and Almiron. This is, this is more of a dad's team. Alvarez, Darwin, and Captain Harland. Uh, Dallas going to play uh, Tuesday night, uh, Monday night, I should say. But this, this feels more like a dad's team, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's a, that's a team that could could almost be wildcarded right away. I, I hate to say it, but uh, Almiron, Alvarez, Darwin, you know, a lot of, there's a few rotation risks in there. Um, obviously, Almiron was very good last season, so maybe picking pick him based on points from last season. But yeah, there's a, there's, straight, there's a few fires to fight there already. Even Trossard, another player yeah. didn't start at the weekend. So yeah, it might be, uh, might be time to wildcard already. Well, if you think that needs a wild card, then here's my dad's team. Oh, my days. I almost feel embarrassed showing it, to be honest. Um, 28 points so far, um, <laughs> which is just nuts. Uh, he's got a Nana, Nana play Monday night, but we got White, we got Dunk, we got Burn, and we got Stones. <laughs> my dad is someone who never has time to, to, to pay any attention uh, to the, the sort of the team news that comes out. But he's almost like on the wrong side of pretty much every 50-50 in that back line because he's gone White over some of the other more popular picks in the Arsenal defence. He's gone Dunk instead of a stupid man. He's gone Burn instead of Botman. He's even started Burn. Oh, it just gets worse. Matoma... Uh, oh, I should just say, by the way, my dad's a West Ham fan. His team is called Top Six Hammers. So already that's a bit ambitious. Um, he's got Bowen, which is on brand and fine because he's got a goal. Uh, but he's captained Erdegaard. He's got Rashford playing Monday night. He had Alvarez, no Haaland because he went Kane. And he still has Kane in his team. Um, and <laughs> it still gets worse. For the podcast listeners who haven't even seen this team yet, it does get worse. Harvey Barnes' first sub, who he will get because Kane is obviously not played. But what is he doing there? Callum Wilson's second sub. <laughs> What's he doing there? And then Zuma is the third sub. I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah, sorry, Dad. We're going to get the I don't official think, opinion of a I don't professional think, 
I don't think your dad should should wildcard. I think he should <laughs> probably just quit. Just quit. I think he should just quit. I mean, Harry Kane. It's it's actually uh, it's quite nostalgic to see Harry Kane in the team. That's probably the last time I'm ever going to see him. So uh, thanks to your dad for that. But yeah, he's he's getting some he's getting some jammy bench points there. To be fair, with Harvey Barnes uh, and Callum Wilson. But uh, yeah, you, you need to need to have a word with him yeah i think i do what well, the, the sad thing is i was actually going to help him with his team last week but uh the unforeseen circumstances that led to me not being able to do episode two of general's orders also contributed to him not having as much time to do his team as he would like but i still watched him do it for at least three or four hours and this is what he came up with so yeah i do need to have a, a word with him the funny thing is here um he doesn't even like callum wilson he's a west ham fan west ham fans cannot stand the guy because there was a number of years ago where he scored like a, a very obvious handball before var and in the post-match was asked Callum, how did you put that in? And he was like, magic. And then all the West Ham fans were like, oh, it wasn't magic, it was handball, you cheat. So, And that, my dad was one of them. So why is he even in his team? Why is he on the bet? It's just so many questions. I will, I will have a word with him. I will see if I can get a spare wildcard out of FBL Towers, perhaps maybe out of charity. Um you know but yeah that's that's where we're at with dad's army so it's it's entertaining stuff he is going to probably beat a content creator in the cup this year with a team like that though right yeah he's he's one of those annoying people that will game week one of the cup you're just uh you're beaten by a point because <laughs> harry kane auto subs out for someone like a harry barnes that's what it's going to be well i look forward to celebrating that victory for him and uh yeah cheers dad in true dad's army fashion it's as calamitous as an episode of the famous sitcom so yeah well, with that, let's move on to our second order ahead of game week two. We promised you some more specifics on Gabriel, who, of course, didn't start for Arsenal uh, in their game week one over Forest, but did come on for that dreaded one point cameo. A lot of people wondering what to do with him specifically for game week two. So take us away. Yeah, again, I think order number two, if you own Gabriel like I do, I think we just keep him. Uh, unless we get like specific quotes on, on Friday from Arteta to say anything different, I think there's a decent chance he could come back in. I think it was very much just tactical. And when it's game week two, if this was game week you know, 36, 37, then maybe I would sell him and get someone in who's definitely going to play. But when the information is pretty fresh, it's pretty new, we don't really know the full picture yet, Gabriel could come back in and play the next six, seven games. So if you've got a... Obviously, easier to do if you have a decent sub. Uh, I've got Luke Shaw who I can use and then, then reassess it game week three. So, yeah, I think if you have Gabriel, I think it makes sense to keep him unless we get any new information from Arteta in pressers. Yeah, I think it does come down to the press conferences and we just got to trust that the uh, the journalists aren't the, ask the right questions um, because th just how often he's played in that team is, is nuts. I'm just trying to find the, the numbers for it now because he had strung together, I think it was 73 consecutive starts. Uh, and so I you'd guess like... it's two, 2001 possibly. He hasn't, he hasn't missed a competitive game. Yeah, so it's uh, 73 league matches in a row he'd started before Saturday. And so uh, that is enough for a journalist to sit down in the pre-match press conference on Thursday or Friday, whenever it's going to be, and say, look, is he going to come back in? Because clearly he was a big part of your plans before. Uh, you know, why wasn't he involved? I, unfortunately, I don't know whether or not they actually asked him that in the aftermath of the game. Uh, the problem we have sometimes is that the biggest talking points from a football perspective aren't always the biggest talking points from an FPL perspective. So a standard football journalist is going to go into that interview after the game. They're going to ask about Saka scoring a fantastic goal. They're going to ask about uh, the fact that, you know, Forrest got back into the game. You know, the questions on match of day interviews, for example, were like, should that have been more comfortable? You know, yes, it should have been. Uh, I think we, we, all, we, all, we all kind of know that and you end up getting a lot of um 
platitudes from the managers. What we really want to know is Gabriel going to start. And sometimes it takes a Thursday or Friday press conference for the journalists to, to plan their questions with a bit more planning rather than just react to a game that's just finished. So largely the space for us to find out more information is probably this week and so it's worth keeping an eye on that i'd like to think the journalists if they're worth their salt will be asking about this specifically because of those stats and uh, i I would be if i was in there but of course i'm biased because i have been a journalist but i am also an fpl player so that would be my first question i don't care about anything other than who's going to play so um we just got to cross our fingers there i mean i suppose we got to prepare for different eventualities if he turns around and says you know uh, the the two centre-backs have started the game uh, against Forest are my first choice for this season. Does that change your thinking? Because um, you know, there's that possibility. He might also say Gabriel come back in, for example. But in a world where he does throw considerable doubt on Gabriel starting again, does that change how you think in terms of selling? Possibly. Uh, again, there's a couple of things at play here. I, I do have a decent sub that I can bring in, but that would leave me without a bench then because... I've went down the route of I advise people not to get I advise people not to get two four million defenders or if they were going for four million defenders don't go for a Luton one and a Burnley one and then I went and got uh, a Luton midfielder and a Burnley defender so my bench is already looking light uh, I just couldn't resist marvelous um, my wife was born in Luton and I wanted to put a Luton player in there and, and his name is just great so he had to go in for that reason but I thought I'll get through give me two without any issues and then obviously the Gabriel thing stuff stuff happened but if there yeah if there was comments to say you know to suggest that maybe he's down the pecking order then maybe I'd think twice about it but I think I probably would I probably would just still go ahead play Shaw Gabriel on the bench and just I think most of my 11 players there shouldn't be any issues um, so I should be able to get 11 out uh, and you know worst case scenario if 10 went out wouldn't be you know season and a season ending game week so yeah I think I think regardless of what happens he'll he'll stay for me and I'll give myself an extra week to decide maybe on, on a replacement then yeah I think I think this the subs bench has to come into the equation for most people here because and, and it's all about doing a bit of I suppose some quick maths on the spot with some of this because let's be honest you're probably expecting to get maybe six to seven points out of Gabriel we know that he can get attacking threat but you can't exactly bank on that and he's not an attacking fullback so you're not necessarily banking on assists so you're probably looking at somewhere between six to eight points let's say that and so by starting somebody else who isn't him who then doesn't keep a clean sheet you've probably lost about five or six points probably that's sort of like worst case scenario um and losing five or six points to then give yourself those two free transfers in game week three when you can potentially increase the points potential of your team into double figures by maybe getting rid of three players who either haven't started the season well, haven't started the season as a regular starter, or perhaps maybe their first two fixtures were all you're interested in and there's a more exciting bandwagon. You know, being able to bring in three people or two people, depending on what you're doing with those hits, for example, you know, your your ability to to make a swing based around your decisions of plus extra points is probably bigger than um, just kind of going from a, a player like Gabriel, who if he starts gets six to seven points, replacing him with someone else who maybe is in that same situation. It just the 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 seal the ceiling for extra points you can make by just holding that transfer and maybe sacrificing five to six points in a worst case scenario probably the balance of probabilities is that just holding him and and, and then using the two free transfers is going to have a bigger impact on your points output is that's i'm not really a mathematician i just play a lot of strategy board games where you have to do a little bit of quick probability math on the spot so that's me bringing that to the table i might have got that all wrong but i don't know is that do you think that's a helpful way of looking at it and also tell me if my math that was terrible <laughs> 
Well, I'm I'm not a mathematician, but in a very similar way. Again, if you're if you're new to FPL, something you just got to get comfortable with is sometimes you got to just take some short term pain for long term gain, and that's a good example. If you if you keep Gabriel, if you don't buy a replacement, if that replacement does well, yes, it'll be frustrating. You'll think, right, I could have done, I could have done that in game week two. But like you say, a bit of flexibility, two or three transfers, game week three, you're more likely to get more points that week and not just that week, you know, long-term out of a player as well. So yeah, you got to get comfortable some weeks that, you got to go into some weeks thinking, right, I might not score as much as my rivals here, but I back myself over 38 game weeks to come out on top. So it's all about mindset as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically, if we can get to 60 points every game week, probably in a good place. And a lot of people have already done that. So wouldn't be too... That's the thing. I mean, a lot of us are in this Gabriel situation. Happened to me, happened to you. But we don't look at our team and think it's on fire. We're happy just to ride yeah. it out. And that would be what we would probably advise other people to have the same mindset. Exactly. Well, a team... I don't actually know what the, what the, what score the Sunny Soldiers got this week, if I'm honest. I'm going to flick to this, the slide now. Did it make 60 points this week? You're going to walk us through your, your boys' team. All Sons all over the pitch. Uh, and remind those of us who perhaps listen for the first time what Sunny Soldiers actually is, I should say. <laughs> yeah, uh, just... Uh, yeah, for the, for the new listeners, Sunny Soldiers. Sonny's my little boy, so I put together a team for him that is... Either the first name or the second name has to have Sun in it somewhere. Uh, people are a bit confused about Mason Mount when he appeared, but of course Mason has Sun in it. So it's very hard for a team like this to get to uh, 50 or 60 points because they can't have Haaland, they can't, can't, can't captain him, they don't have Salah, there's no trends. A lot of players, really good picks are are not available for this team. So I think you know if I can get to 40, 45 points most weeks, this team would be would be doing pretty well. So... It's not, we won't we won't mention this every week on the video, but I wanted to check in this week because I was quite happy with how it performed in, in game week one. I'm sure there's weeks where this team will score maybe less than 20 points and we, we definitely won't mention it. We will mention it the weeks where it beats me because it's it's set up as a head-to-head. -head, so there will be weeks where I probably lose and that'll make some for some entertaining, entertaining content that, that my six-month-old has beaten me <laughs> with, with his FPL team. So for the audio listeners, uh, 42 points with Mason Mount still to play on Monday. The points came from Ederson got the clean sheet. Anthony Robinson got a clean sheet for Fulham. Madison, big, going to be a big player for this team, I think, with a nine-pointer. And then up front, the strikers did well. Ferguson on the score sheet and Callum Wilson, both players off the bench. And then there was blanks for Patterson, Robertson. Jungman Son is captain. This team really relies on Son to have a big season. Game week one didn't go well, early substitution, but hopefully he'll come back with a bang because it's auto-captain on Son. That, that will never change. Um, maybe if there's an injury, it will change, but uh, I don't plan on touching this team too often. Uh, and then Jackson up front. Jackson had good underlying statistics for for Chelsea, but just a one-pointer, but the numbers look good. But one of my favourite parts of the weekend was keeping an eye on, I've got a watch list for this team as well as about 20 players on it. And I was very happy to see Odson Edward get on the score sheet and even more so Emerson Royale at Tottenham. So already tripled up on Tottenham players here. So if Emerson Royale is going to force his way in, it needs someone needs to drop out, which is unlikely. But certainly if Ferguson continues to be rotated, if Nicholas Jackson doesn't start to score, Odson Edward is he's put his hand up for inclusion. Yeah, well, I have to say, your boy's not done too badly for the start of the season, bearing in mind all the restrictions on his team. So um, I suppose your your advice would him to him would be, um, you know, just just keep on going. Roll your transfer for game week two, my boy. Would that be your advice to him? Yeah, <laughs> if, if he follow the orders. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to get him to tune into this uh, this video when it goes up and, and get him to follow the orders, and, and he'll understand that the banking a transfer is probably a good idea. The best thing will be when he's old enough to actually recognise you on the video. My kids, when they first saw me on these things, were like, why is he in the television? 
I don't quite understand what he's doing inside the television. So you've got all that to look forward to. It's going to be good fun, especially if he's got his team as well. So, yeah, as you he'll say, be we'll... delighted. He'll be delighted when he's about fifteen and he starts <laughs> playing, and, and and he's got fifteen years of history, and it's like seven million ranks every year. So <laughs> I think a new a new account might have to be created at that point. Yeah, that's true. Especially when everyone's going to know who his dad is as well. So you've got to, you know, he's going to have that responsibility too. You know, that of course is for another day. <laughs> what that means yes. for him. Let's move on to our final order then, and uh, it is we've got a, we've got a nice picture here of Eddie Howe. Um, I think he's telling people to think on the pitch, but it does rather look like he's doing the the general salute. But um, he famously is someone who likes putting together lists of players, perhaps to to buy or list of players to start because he's got a lot of, of them now. And so uh, Eddie Howe is, is is who we've got to uh, describe and represent order number three, which is yeah, Eddie Howe is representing the watch list this week. So. Create a watch list if you haven't already is my order number three going into going into game me two. So some people use a watch list in preseason. Maybe then they don't bother with it afterwards. Some people, most people don't. I would say 90% of people who play the game, maybe even more, don't use the watch list feature. But I like it. It gives me kind of a, it's like a little scheme within the game. You're kind of scouting players. It brings me back to kind of football manager and stuff like that, where you've got a list of targets and you kind of update it every week. So this week, I think I've put about 19 or 20 players on the watch list who I don't own. Uh, basically, they're players who might come in at some point in the near future. You know, players like Madison, Mbumo, Matoma, players players not in my in my gimmick one team. So it's it's very simple. If you're on the FPL website, you basically click on a player if you if you like them, if you like what they're doing points wise, you you add to watch list at the bottom, and then when you go to the transfers page of the FPL website, you'll see a, a drop down box that says all players. If you click on that drop down box, it also says watch list in there, and that's how you show up your list of players. So when I make a transfer on a on a Friday or a Saturday. Uh, it's always from my watch list, so I I don't get caught up in bandwagons because if they're not on my watch list, they won't they won't come into my team on a Friday or a Saturday. This is particularly good if you're if you like a few beers at a weekend and, and <laughs> if you're if you're in the habit of only going to your watch list for players, you won't wake up on a on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning with with a player that you've never heard of starting up front with the captain's armband on them. So yeah, watch list is very handy. I, I basically once I've watched all the highlights, once I've looked at looked at the stats from the weekend, I just go through all twenty teams. Uh, on the FPL website, it, it might sound like it takes a lot of time, but it doesn't because there's teams you, you end up skipping most weeks. There's four or five teams you might never add a player to your watch list from the, the the teams near the bottom of the league. So it's a uh, it's just a matter of I just find it quite quite therapeutic after a weekend. Go through the teams, add the players that have done well, maybe or not not necessarily done well, but you know maybe they've good underlying stats or they've got good fixtures coming up. And then I'm obviously removing players as well as the season progresses who maybe fall out of favour, get injured or, or just not, you know, good value FPL. So I find it very useful. I've been using it for years and I think people who've never used it before, it's worth trying uh, and it might just add a little bit more enjoyment to your game. And like I said, it's like a nice little scouting thing you do each week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just helps to increase a bit of engagement with the game as well. Because I think um, sometimes people might feel like, okay, well, um, in terms of actually tinkering with my team they've maybe enjoyed doing that over the summer and then when you get to game week two it's a bit like i mean i've certainly felt it this week i've looked at my team i've made a couple of substitutions and changed the captaincy but that's about it and for the most part people aren't even doing that because a lot of people are just perma-captaining harland and so um it just gives you something else to do which doesn't necessarily um result in worst case scenario you know sometimes people tinker and they go oh well i just had a bit of a moment and i've decided to make a transfer on monday night which most people would say is, is, is a bad decision it just helps you keep busy i suppose when you're trying to just stay Stay focused on a particular task. Keep busy in ways that's perhaps maybe going to help you make better decisions down the line rather than keep busy by making those decisions at the wrong
long time. Um, it all feeds into just sort of being more careful with your FPL team, which some people, as you've mentioned there, especially they went to fest on Friday night, um, have famously admitted to having like, you know, not a problem. I don't want to make it sound like they've got like life issues they need to go get sorted. But certainly uh, FPL is a game that um, you want to take care with because transfers are precious. It's probably the better way of putting it. Yeah. And again, it's just that I like the process. If you've done your... If you if you've already updated your watch list, you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it is. When it when it gets, you can switch off then for a while from FPL. When you come back to it on a Friday or a Saturday morning, you know, let's say you get news like last week that a Gabriel may not play. Let's say that happens to someone else this Friday. I I never like you know panicking and like looking at the full list of FPL defenders or like going through team by team to find defenders. If you've already got a nice little curated list of of four or five options on your watch watch list, you know who you like most at 5 million, you know who you like most at 4.5, it's quite easy. You know, people were sent to me today asking me, one of the questions for the pod was like, who's the best Tyrone Mings replacement? Straight away, I just opened the watch list, there's only one 4.5 defender on it, and, and it's Rico Henry, so to me that's just an easy switch. Um, or if you've got 0 0.5, you go stupid in. So the watch list kind of just makes life easier, I think, when, you, when, you're, a, when you're an FPL manager. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It helps keep you organized and focused, which is going to help in any walk of life, but especially FPL as well, when we have those all-important deadlines to worry about. Well, thanks very much, uh, Mark, for your orders today. been very, very, very useful and, uh, as ever, bring a sense of calm to a, to a, to a game week uh, narrative that has felt somewhat panicked in some respect because we've all got this very popular defender that you know has caused some issues. It's always good just to take, back, uh, take a step back and reflect. So, yeah, thank you very much uh, uh, for that. You've mentioned, obviously, the watch list, a good way also perhaps to populate that could be players you've seen in the members area as well so one last opportunity to plug that before we uh, we shoot off uh, the uh, membership pre-season uh, reduction of 30 percent has been extended uh, into the the week going into game week two so it is once again not too late for you to sort this out so make sure uh, you get that sorted before the game week two deadline get your watch list populated uh, and you're ready to either roll your transfer or make a last minute somewhat panic transfer but at least it's been curated and thought about from your watch list, potentially, with some help from some data as well. So don't forget to do that. Don't forget to like the video and subscribe to the channel and hit that bell notification uh, as well. Uh, before we go, any last words, uh, Mark? Anything uh, planned for the next couple of days to take your mind off FPL before yet another Friday night deadline? No, no, it'll be just uh, still need to catch up on a couple of games, a few more highlights spend some more time in the members area and yeah it, the Friday will roll around quickly so uh, worth noting to people as well the deadline is like 15 minutes earlier than last week so is, just yes. don't get caught out by that so it was 6.30pm UK time last week it's 6.15 I'm sure some people might get caught out by that so worth mentioning but yeah cheers David and, and I just wish everyone best of luck for gaming too yeah very kind and of course very useful I'd also forgotten that thank you for reminding me I'm going to make sure that's in every video this week so yeah thanks very yeah, much it's a, it's, a strange, it's a strange one I just noticed it this morning yeah well, with that, we shall leave you fine folks to the rest of your transfer list watching. I would say tinkering, but don't do that. Do it on Friday. So we'll leave you to that and we'll see you next time. Bye.